Hello, everyone. What's going on, party people? Thank you so much for joining us. We're back for week five. My name is Tachi. And I'm Kevin. And this is TV Channeling. This is the show where we talk all about television, film, and entertainment. We actually channel television. We're both TV addicts, hence we are the TV twins. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Absolutely. And you know what? It's getting scarier and scarier because we, our TV tastes seem to become more and more alike the more we do this it's spooky we're having so much tv taste crossover oh that sounds like a restaurant or something or a blog for food tv taste crossover (laughs) crossover. (laughs) wow okay well so post thanksgiving how are you doing kevin did you eat too much i'm doing good how are you doing it sounds like you might have a teeny bit of a cold yeah, or something yeah i got on. a sinus thing going on but when has that ever stopped me from talking before so the show must go on <laughs> the show must go on and and the people need to know what's going on in entertainment news so tachi what is happening this week all right this week in tv film and entertainment unfortunately we have deaths and i always hate to start that way but we have to pay homage to the people who paved the way for us so of course we all know that everyone's favorite television mother florence henderson passed away last thursday from heart failure at the age of 82 and it was really unexpected apparently she was at she was at dancing with the stars or or something to that effect uh maybe the week before at a taping and she was fine everybody thought oh she just got sick and she was going to pull through it but she did not so yeah it was an unexpected death she had not been sick and this is according to her manager kayla pressman and yeah it was just this week actually our last week that she attended a taping of dancing with the stars and to cheer on maureen mccormick who played her television daughter marsha 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 so uh, maureen mccormick is competing on dancing with the stars she went to cheer her on nobody expected this so this is really really sad yeah it's a total shock and she was and is so beloved by so many people who grew up with her so many generations grew up uh having her be their favorite mom on television and um it's a huge loss for anybody who's uh ever watched uh the Brady Bunch. it is it is and so a couple of fun facts about her she released her big break came in 1951 when she was offered the starring role in the musical Oklahoma you guys know Oklahoma right do I have to sing it I won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't see We know. We know. So that actually gave her a really successful Broadway career. And then she started to land high profile television gigs. In 1959, this is when she started to become known to the television public because she was on set as NBC's Today Girl for the uh, Today uh, for the Today Show. I don't know if that was for the Today Show because that was 1959, but she was an NBC Today Girl. And then in 1962, she became the first woman to host the Tonight Show. You know what? The Tonight Show is some that is some hardcore trivia, Tachi. Because I knew about the Today the Today Show thing because in one of the reimaginings of the today show in the 90s she was uh, on there and it was a big deal that they were bringing yeah, her back i think uh, i remember to the that the today show but the tonight show that is a huge a uh, bit yep, of trivia. first woman to guest host the tonight show so not in 19 uh and then 
1969, she became Carol Brady. So she's had quite a career from Broadway to television. And then, of course, the movies, because, you know, they've had several, several uh, Brady Bunch movies. They've had where she's like guest starred. They actually had a Brady Bunch movie. They had some Brady Bunch specials. So her career has spanned far and wide. Okay, you know what? I gotta, uh-huh. I gotta ask you, Tachi, about some Brady Bunch trivia. Can you name all the incarnations? You no, know, I show? can't. Um, I know there was one where, uh, okay, Marsha and Jan were married, um, and it was just focused on them. Do you remember the name of it? The Brady Brides. That the was Brady the Brady Brides. Brides. Yes. I, I remember the Brady Brides. So there was the Brady Bunch. Then there was. There had to be something in between that and the Brady Brides because I know the Brady Brides was nineteen eighty something. Yes, it was the it was the Brady Bunch uh, variety yes, hour. That's it, the Brady Bunch variety hour. They were popular. They said, We're gonna give you your own show. Oh yeah, and and they even had an animated series called The Brady Kids. Oh yeah. How could I have forgotten about the Brady kids? The Brady kids. What was great about the Brady kids was their parents did not exist for some reason on the Brady kids show. It's like it was the six of them and they were like living in a tree house. And for some reason, they had twin pandas that spoke <laughs> only Japanese. This makes no sense. But speaking anything, was a, but they spoke Japanese and they had a dog mop top. And they had, and they, and they had like a a a, a magical bird named Merlin that would get them what? into wacky First trouble. Mop top, and and then they would sing at the end of the half hour every episode. Mop top. So that was an incarnation. But the most dramatic to me incarnation of the Brady's was, I think it was the very early '90s. It may be the very late '80s, but I think it was the early early '90s. There was a, sh- a version of the show called Brady, and they made the Brady Bunch into like a an hour long drama, and it was incredible because it's like the they were having trouble in their marriages. What? There was like addiction. Addiction. It's just okay, like, this is very. What? I mean, it, they completely changed the idea of what that sh- what the show was and made it a drama. Today, I, I don't think that's ever happened before or since where you take a, a sitcom family. And then you uh, put them in a new milieu where it's a, and make make their lives a drama, which was incredible. The closest thing to that, and again, I'm sharing all kinds of TV nerdness today, <laughs> would be when um, the Mary Tyler Moore show had um, a spinoff with Lou oh, Grant, yeah. where he was a, a comedy a character on a comedy show, and then he spun off onto a drama. But this was even bigger because we're taking a whole cast of a comedy and making their lives a drama where their where their spouses are cheating on them and they're addicted to painkillers and you took it way back when you said lou grant i don't know if anybody ever i used to watch lou grant oh i watched lou grant too as a kid i i i loved it i loved lou grant Uh, i again my love of tv goes way back and it goes very (laughs) clearly clearly now one thing that you mentioned about the brain (laughs) <laughs> and the fact that there seemed to be no parents around but that was the way it was with all of these think about it where did you ever see the uh, parents of the people of, of uh, scooby-doo and them in the mystery machine these teenagers who should have been in school are running around solving mysteries with nobody's there <laughs> a damn parent around the jackson five cartoon you know i have never uh 
you know what that's one that's a great and you know what if anybody actually knows the answer to this please feel free to uh, uh give it give us the answer either on um uh, our facebook page uh, uh tv channeling uh which is our twitter uh our twitter page or and um uh, instagram or snapchat how old are the scooby-doo gang oh, yeah. I, I, are they college age are they high school? I have never known how old those kids were supposed I, to be. Because you're right, there's no. no adult supervision whatsoever. But they're always referred to once they once they have basically forded the uh, the criminal <laughs> whoever is, is posing as the ghost of the week. Meddling it worked for you meddling then, kids. Yeah. yeah, so they're referred to as kids. Are they college kids? Are they high school kids? You're right. They never mention their parents, so I don't know how old they're supposed to be. And they never say that Shaggy is a stoner, but Shaggy he is clearly a stoner clearly has the munchies as his dog as does his dog (laughs) so yeah there's a lot of the sketchy things about (laughs) scooby-doo on on top of the fact look they they none of them have any jobs are they getting paid for solving these mysteries they've got to be in high school that's the only way they can yeah how do they even afford gas let alone those giant sandwiches that scooby-doo and uh shag and shaggy are constantly eating how do they the afford suspension that of disbelief because once you start breaking this down you start to see how impossible <laughs> their life their lives really are all i can think of maybe one of them was a trust fund and baby. paid for all of them let's be real <laughs> let's let's maybe. be real if anybody of any of our listeners have any answers to these yes, burning questions please. That have all come from talking about the the loss of Florence Henderson. (laughs) So, yeah, this is really sad. And you did well, Florence Henderson. Rest well. You deserve it. We're going to miss you. Definitely, definitely. I mean, who else will we think of? Every time I hear Marsha, 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 now I'm going to think about her. (laughs) (laughs) So, we have another death, unfortunately. Ron Glass. Uh, Ron Glass was a prolific tv actor and if you don't know him by his name you'll know him by sergeant ron harris i believe in the sitcom barney miller and also shepherd Dariel book in firefly and he was 71 years old still you know what these days 71 is still relatively young Oh yeah, seventy-one. It's, it's how far we've come. That um, seventy-one. It's a surprise when we lose someone who's seventy-one years old. Exactly. You're expecting people to be like close to a hundred, and when you hear like a seventy-nine year or seventy-one year old, you're like, wow, that's really young. So it's really young. Unfortunate. But let's talk about some of the work that he did to keep his memory alive. So in 1975, his breakout role was Barney Miller. But before that, before that, you could have seen him in Sanford and Son. He actually played Lamont's friend in a couple of episodes. Wow, Uh, that is a real surprise. I had no idea that he was on Sanford and Son. Yeah, he was on set. And, you know, I watch Sanford and Son like nobody's business. So I love when I can connect actors from other series on. I'm like, hey, that's such and such from such and such. In fact, I was watching Breaking the other day, Breaking 2 Electric Boogaloo. And I recognize the, the actor who played the manager. I can't remember his name, but he played uh, a character in the pbs series 321 contact do you remember that show it was a science show 
I do remember 321 Contact. Yes, so he had a role on 321 Contact, and I was like, hey, that's the guy from 321 Contact. So I love when I can make connections between actors and the other roles that they've played. Well, speaking of connections, now that you've mentioned that uh, Ron Glass was on Sanford and Son as Lamont's friend, the, you know, uh, in the 80s, they did a new version of The Odd Couple. And so they were reunited, and uh, Ron Glass played Felix to... I can't remember the actor's name who played um, uh, Lamont, but um, he played uh, uh, Oscar and he played uh, Ron Glass played uh, Felix, the Felix character. So yes. it's kind of neat. Uh, now that because of you, I didn't even know that they had worked together in Sanford and Son. They were reunited as the odd couple. So another kind of uh, interesting uh, c- connection. Yes, and you know what? I forgot all about the fact that Lamont, I'm just going to call him Lamont. I'm sorry. (laughs) I I forgot that he was in The New Odd Couple. Yeah, and that came in 1982. There were 18 episodes of The New Odd Couple in 1982. Love that. He also made guest appearances on The Twilight Zone, Family Matters, Murder, She Wrote, and other shows. You mean like the the 80s version of The Twilight Zone, correct? Yes, 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 exactly. Okay, yeah. No, he was a child. (laughs) during the original version which by the way i love that's one of my faves i should have had that on our show but i love the twilight zone um he played in 1999 he appeared on two episodes of friends as ross geller's divorce lawyer russell 2002 he joined uh joss weldon's cult favorite firefly and 2005 in the movie serenity and his latest was in 2014 so his latest 2014 he was in an episode of csi wow yeah and agents of shield so we will miss him he was such an accomplished actor and it's it's great to see uh when you look back on somebody's life the great imdb <laughs> role uh roles imdb uh listing that they had so rest well brother wrong glass all right what else is going on in the news okay so unfortunately there are more deaths i don't 2016 is really giving us a host of ancestors so we had um if you remember from the early days of television this man is a television broadcasting legend he's in the television hall of fame he was an inductee also the former husband of actress mary tyler moore grant tinker passed away last monday well this past monday at age 90 at his home in california he was the former nbc chairman as well so in addition to being um a broadcast legend and inducted into the television hall of fame he was the former chairman of nbc so He also, if you remember MTM Enterprises, back in the 70s, they had the, uh, you know, the little thing with meow (laughs) at the (laughs) the little cat. It's kind of a a riff off of MGM. So MTM, which of course stands for Mary Tyler Moore, they had MTM Enterprises together and they spawned hits like the Mary Tyler Moore show, Rhoda, which is a spinoff of Mary Tyler Moore, Bob Newhart show, um, St. Elsewhere and Hill Street Blues. 
So oh, he yeah, made... and they basically just from spinoffs of Mary Tyler Moore alone, they had so many hits. You're right. You mentioned uh, Rhoda and Phyllis, but they're they also they did a Ted Knight had a uh, spinoff as the Ted yeah. Knight character, and uh, oh god, there's another one. Lou Grant. I'm sorry. Oh, George Lou... had a had a spinoff. They they did so many different shows. Uh, they they milked out of that uh, out of the initial Mary Tyler Moore show, and of course Lou Grant. One of my favorite things, um, as you know, being a, a deep TV fan like I am, is when a show decides to spin off a character and they kind of rewrite who the character was before they spin the character off. I mean, because an example of that to me is Frasier, one of the biggest spinoff shows of all time. I think basically, I think that the spinoff of Frasier was actually more successful than what it was spawned from. Then Cheers. Cheers. Right. And Initially, if you watch, if you go back, which unfortunately I go back, um, <laughs> Frazier did not have, Frazier was an only child initially. And then, of course, when they decided to spin him off, the backstory of who his family was completely changed from what they had mentioned about who Frazier was and what his life was like uh, in Seattle. Um, completely changed it over time. And um, so it's interesting, even like on Family Guy, when they, uh, the Cleveland show, the spinoff, uh, who Cleveland's uh, son and his life was uh, different. They they got, they cast a new character as the son, uh, completely changed who his son was. And um, so it's always interesting when you, when these, when you see them prepping for a spinoff, you can kind of feel that they're changing aspects of a particular character to make them more of a lead type character. Another example of that is remember friends and remember Phoebe Buffet. So Phoebe has a twin sister and the twin sister was actually the waitress on Mad on About Mad, You. On, on, on Mad About You. Yes. yes. So instead of going with her as the, the, you know, one of the leads, they made it the sister or the, which, which to me, I was like, well, why didn't they just, because she was hilariously funny. She was just not a good waitress. And so I'm like, but that's Phoebe all day. So I'm like, are they both just equally dead? You, know you know what the difference was? The, 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 the idea was that the, I can't remember what the character's name was her sister on uh, mad TV. Mad I can't TV, either mad about you, but it, but her character was, um, kind of uh mean there was a meanness to her and a kind of a coldness that phoebe was was the kind of the opposite of that so i think that they true. didn't they didn't feel like she could they wanted uh phoebe even though she's ditzy and kind of quirky and weird she was still very friendly and a sweet person so but one of my favorite spinoff kind of changes if we're gonna go like deep into let's get deep uh, into it uh, tv and spinoffs i don't know if you remember on all in the family did a spinoff called Gloria where yes I remember Gloria but one of the most insulting things about that was when they wrote the character Gloria uh and her husband Meathead <laughs> off of the show the off of the uh on the family show there was a, a special when they came to visit after the characters had been off the show for a couple of seasons. They went right. to uh, Edith and Archie went to go visit them in California. And it turned out that they were actually separated. They were pretending to still be together. But right. it turned out that Gloria, in fact, had cheated on him. And that was a big shocker that she had cheated on. She had been unfaithful. And that's why their marriage had broken up. But when they did a spinoff. They just we were supposed to forget that. And it turned out that he was the one who had cheated on her when it was a spinoff. 
because people, I guess, wouldn't felt sympathy for her being a single mom if she it was her fault that she was a single mom. So they, when they rewrote it, they made it where it was his fault that their marriage ended. Oh, how times have changed. <laughs> yeah, I think there was a, I think uh, there was a time when people that when you thought of lead characters had to basically be the nicest, like the the people around them could basically be more flawed than the lead character. But now we've had so many out and out villains that have been lead characters um, or at least what they call anti-heroes that have been lead characters. I think we're, we're much more forgiving of our lead characters. Now they can show, they can have tons more foibles than they used to have uh, decades ago. Well, I think people like that type of thing. I think people like the anti anti-hero or the anti-nice person because you get tired of Pollyanna all the time. So I think that's why people are like, they kind of like a little bit of that mean streak. So yeah, times change. Yeah. Well, anyway, Grant Tinker is also going to be missed. His contribution to TV. That, well, there's a reason why he's in the TV Hall of Fame. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so we have one more passing to talk about. If you watched Hawaii Five O, Keo Wolford, he's a Hawaiian actor and a filmmaker, and he played Detective James Chang. He passed away at the age of 49. Last Friday, he passed away from a stroke uh, in Hawaii. And at the age of 49, that is incredibly young. Oh, yeah. It's very very young and very sad. I remember hearing something about someone dying from Hawaii Five-0. And I, I've only watched like one episode of the uh, new version of Hawaii Five-0. So I wasn't sure which one of the cast members it was. Right, right. Well, you know, he's also a filmmaker, so he's done a lot of indie features. Uh, he also had a lot of other small roles. 2012's The People I've Slept With, Godzilla in 2014, and Act of Valor in 2012. So he played his character on Hawaii Five-0 from 2011 to 2015, just last year. So he will be greatly missed. So anything else going on in the news this week? But because this has been a release, really, this has been a really rough week. In yeah, no, let's news. get off of that. We just have to pay homage to people who we know uh, passed away and made contributions to entertainment. And let's move on to some other things. So let's talk about Moana. Have you seen the movie Moana yet? I have not seen it yet. Okay. Moana, of course, is a Disney film from Walt Disney Animation Studios. There's no secret. People love animated because it's the kids. I mean, but not just kids. Adults love them too, but kids really drive this. So Moana is one of the best reviewed wide releases of this year. Over Thanksgiving weekend, I need to tell you, it garnered 81.1 million in domestic theaters over the five-day holiday weekend. I'm not even talking about overseas. This was just domestic, okay? This is the second best Thanksgiving opening on record. Second only behind Frozen. Frozen took in 93.6 million for Disney in 2013. So they did pretty good this past Thanksgiving weekend. Oh, yeah. People, I think clearly kids and uh, their parents alike were really hungry for uh, the the next Disney princess. So they and also she's a Disney princess of color, too, which is a uh, which is nice. So, yeah, yes. I think people are just kind of hungry and it's the holidays are coming up. Uh, we're already we're already past Thanksgiving. So Christmas is coming uh, hard and fast. So I think people are just ready for that kind of thing and something to distract kids. Absolutely. You said distract. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this. Here, watch this. Exactly. <laughs> no, no, put that down. Here, watch this. 
exactly so it costs 300 300 million to make and market okay to make and market so the uh, production and the marketing 300 million they're going to make this back easily they've already made uh you know just about a third of it back in one weekend so they're going to make it back easily no, so they have the they have the princess formula down the, oh, yes. the, the, they know they know their audience and they they know how to crank these out Go with what works. And see, this is the thing. When people talk about why is the same thing coming out of Hollywood over and over, because they know that this formula works and they probably won't lose any money on it, especially an animated feature featuring a princess. Case closed. They're making money. (laughs) So another thing that I really love about this is, you know, if you didn't know, I'm telling you now. What I love all things Lin-Manuel Miranda and Hamilton. Love it. Lin-Manuel Miranda contributed to the score for this. Oh, wow. That's interesting. It is. It is. So you know it's going to be good because he's quite a musician. So that's what's going on with that. Moving on. Since we're talking about Moana, you know The Rock played uh, one of the lead characters, the big hulky guy i can't remember the name of the character Mm -hmm. but the lim and speaking of lin-manuel miranda again the two of them um hooked up the rock and lin-manuel have hooked up to produce a mock mini musical about millennials on youtube okay so but that's not the biggest thing lin-manuel is doing today the hamilton mixtape dropped today december 2nd so you can pick that up today mixtape so the Hamilton mixtape is this awesome mix. Okay, so you know the the um, the Hamilton music, the musical, the uh, soundtrack yes. is like has been on the Billboard charts for like a record sixty one weeks at this point. Okay, so it's it's still on the charts. Now they have the Hamilton mixtape because you know Lin Manuel really comes from like a hip hop, not only theatrical but a hip hop background. He loves hip hop, so it is. 16 tracks that features The Roots, Buster Rhymes, Nas, Usher, George Watsky, Regina Spector, Common, Sia, Chance the Rapper, Kelly Clarkson, Alicia Keys. There are just so many and more. So are they basically doing their interpretations of songs from the musical? It's, I think it's it's songs that are, don't quote me, but I think that these are songs that are written specifically for this mixtape that are inspired by or somehow the musical Hamilton. Just know that there's some heavy hitters on this and it's a, mi- a mixtape. Well, what I'm else do you need? You, but I am going to record this and post it for people to listen to. Please do, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Please do. I, I'm, I'm telling you, this is, this is going to be something. I already love the whole idea of mixtapes. If you know or you're really into hip-hop culture, the mixtape is the quintessential way by which hip-hop music you know, got spread underground. So the fact that this is a mixtape, and this, I, I think this is awesome. So it drops today. And yesterday, in leading up to this drop, was the they did a live they did the mixtape live basically so on youtube they had a live performance of the hamilton mixtape it's still up on youtube you can still catch it all you'd have to do is probably go to youtube and put in the search hamilton mixtape and you can watch the performance i'm going to do that you should do it too wow all right yeah, so big is that, deal. Uh, are we done with the news now? I, I I have one more piece of news that I need to share with you. Oh, okay. Before we go on, uh, there's a lot more, but I'll pick this one more piece because it just made no sense to me. Just found out today that Amy Schumer is going to play the title role in a movie called Barbie. Yes, that Barbie. 
What? It's, yes. <laughs> it's uh it's Sony Pictures is doing it and it's a live action film based on M- the Mattel toy line, the Barbie Mattel toy line. Is this, wait, this is a live action film? It's live action. It's for real. Okay? It's real. It's not an animated, it's live action. So it's going to be rated PG and they're going to pre- uh begin production in the spring uh for a summer of 2018 release yes i'm quiet too <laughs> i'm quiet too because this makes absolutely no sense to me well the the fact that you said it's rated pg with amy schumer involved the, the oh there's all kinds of parental guidance suggested so she's gonna have gonna be to be an interesting project she's gonna have to temper herself <laughs> so much so i i don't know uh what this is aside from the fact that she has barbie like hair maybe i i guess what they're supposed to do you know according to what i found out is to they're really going to exploit barbie's evolution into the dolls of different sizes and shapes so she's going to play a character who lives in barbie land among all the other various barbie characters that are loved by collectors worldwide and it's kind of a fish out of water story that's supposed to be reminiscent of films like splash and big she gets kicked out of barbie land because she's not perfect enough and is a bit eccentric so then she's going to go on an adventure in the real world and by the time she gets back to barbie land to save it she's gained the realization that perfection comes from the inside not the outside and that the key to happiness is belief in oneself oh group hug. yes <laughs> exactly <laughs> So I that's my last piece of news. I had to share that with you because I Wow. Well that yeah. well yeah, I'm glad you got that one in there cuz that's that's pretty that's pretty uh, surprising news. It is. So Tachi, yes. I want to know what are you watching on TV right now? Ooh, what am I not watching? I mean, we started this damn podcast, so I, it really requires that I watched television, but what I'm really into these days is Queen Sugar. Queen Sugar is everything. Have you watched it yet? I have only watched the pilot and I have I have them all piled up on my DVR and wasn't it just the finale this week? The yeah, season finale. This week Wednesday was the season finale and I just have to okay, it's such a beautifully written, shot, directed, produced series. I We've needed a Queen Sugar for a long time. And so since you've only watched the pilot, let me give everybody a a synopsis of what this is. So Queen Sugar takes place in Louisiana in one of the parishes really outside of New Orleans. It's about uh, siblings, uh, three siblings who lose their father. Two of them, I believe, have the same mother. And uh, Charlie... Um, it has a different mother, but they all have the same father. So you've got Nova, who is a journalist and also a, like, a, I guess, a medicine woman or a voodoo woman, I guess you would call her. And she also, <laughs> yes. And she tells me. I'd, I'd say that she's more of like kind of a, a healer or kind of an herbalist. <laughs> a voodoo. Okay. We well, only saw the first said. episode. Maybe the voodoo <laughs> happens later. She's not doing voodoo. <laughs> I just said that. But yes, yeah, so, so she's so, sort of like a, a, a spiritual healer, but like a traditional New Orleans medicine woman, okay? And she's also a journalist, but she also sells weed. So she's got a lot of um, 
<laughs> jobs under her belt. Mm -hmm. And then we go to her brother, who's the youngest, Ralph Angel, and the only boy. And Ralph Angel is beautiful, by the way. If, if nothing else, watch it for Ralph Angel. Ra and I love that name. Watch, watch a whole bunch of people name their kids Ralph Angel. And I'm going to be like, that is so interesting i won't say the word because i know you've, you've already established that ralph angel is he's not he's too young to be one of your imaginary husbands but he's, yes he's old enough to be one of your imaginary boyfriend i believe yeah, there you that go there you go i can do that i believe Yes. So he is uh, just was recently released from jail, has a son, a young son who he's uh, parenting, well, parenting on his own. But his uh, aunt, Vi, has been the, uh, the legal guardian. Uh, then you have uh, another character who is um, plays his the baby's mother, let's say that, and starts to become the significant other once again, but she was hooked on drugs and by turning tricks and things, Ralph Angel, I mean, sorry, Blue is their son, wasn't doing well. And that's when their Aunt Vi stepped in. Aunt Vi is their father's sister, stepped in. It, it, they, they're really some complex characters. Aunt Vi is a cougar, okay, because she's got her boyfriend, Hollywood, who's, I would say, a good 10 to 15 years younger than her, and they live together for, for the meantime, at least at the beginning, they do. And then Charlie, of course, is the former wife of an, an NBA player, a fictional team out in L.A. She lives in L.A. Okay, you got to say why she's the former wife. I'm about to tell you why. I'm about to learn you why. <laughs> she's the former wife because her husband, uh, Davis West, um, she's Charlie West. So Davis West is a, I can't remember the name of the team, but he's a, a like the starter for an NBA team out in LA. He gets caught in a scandal where there are several of them that actually uh, assault a prostitute in a hotel room. Now he's not part of that assault, but he does know this prostitute because he had been, uh, sleeping with her for a long time in fact in one episode he's in the episode where he gets caught charlie uh they have the tape though the prostitute has a tape because they're going to pay her off and charlie of course initially believes that davis didn't do anything wrong or wants to believe and they're going to pay her off so that it can go away and she of course the prostitute or the sex worker shall we say smartly recorded the conversation and Davis is saying, I pay you to do what my wife won't. So Whoa. that's, yeah. Whoa. Yes. And, you know, she's like, she walks in hand in hand with Davis and uh, Davis is maintaining, I didn't do anything. I didn't, you know, I didn't. He said, she says, I know you didn't. And I wouldn't be with here with you otherwise. And she goes hand in hand into the arbitration. And then this is when this, uh, the taped conversation comes up and Charlie loses it, takes her son. And, you know, there's a lot of paparazzi around them because it's high profile. They have a lot of money, high profile starter for this team. She goes to Louisiana. Now, of course, before this, the father had passed away and, you know, leaves, you know, the land, of course, they have to take care of the affairs of the land. And there, there are just so many other things that go on. There's a new love interest for Charlie. Um, and at least initially, there's a new love interest played by uh, DeAndre Whitfield, who was Robert 
in the Cosby show. So DeAndre Whitfield is a college professor at LSU who has come up with a new a uh, type of sugarcane and they really are the three siblings are really trying to maintain the land at first it was like okay we're, we're just going to sell this land and uh be done with it but when they see uh you know all the people that are after it and some of the things they learn they're like no we're, we're holding on to this land and we're going to work it and plant the cane and you know keep uphold our father's legacy so in between there's all these other things like nova um has a relationship she's um, seeing a a police officer who is happens to be married, but the police officer is really really in love with her. Um, eventually, does end up leaving his wife for her. Okay, Tachi, you need to. Okay, you gotta. <laughs> you're giving away way too much stuff. You're ruining it for me. <laughs> no, I'm not. So I'm I'm not, I'm not going to give you a give away everything. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop. So, but it's just really beautifully done. When you see it's shot, of course, on location in New Orleans, and Nova lives in the no, Lower Ninth Ward, and so shot on location in New Orleans. In I think they live in St. Anne's Parish. And and a lot of different places. It's shot like a film. And of course, Ava DuVernay is at the helm of this. It's it's uh, executive produced by Oprah Winfrey. Ava DuVernay directs it. But this entire first season has all women directors. So the entire first season was directed by women directors, which is phenomenal because you know how div- there's a whole problem with diversity in Hollywood, diversity in terms of gender and ethnicity, etc. So yeah. when you have all women directors for all of the episodes. I think that is a phenomenal thing and that it's great that Ava DuVernay was able to pave the way for these women directors to have their work shown. Oh, definitely. That is a huge, uh, that's a huge accomplishment to have so many women, uh, all women uh, directing the full, uh, a full season of a series. Yeah. And you know what? There is something different at you direct when you are directing a project you come at it with from your standpoint with your culture with uh your values with your beliefs uh you know and it's difficult not to because you're human so i think there's something very particular about the way that women direct and the way that they tell stories that comes through in queen sugar it's just and it's just beautifully shot. Some of these shots you have to see. I'm t- there's one episode. Um, don't remember the name of the episode, but an episode where Charlie is talking to her son. Forgot to mention they have a son, um, uh, Micah. So Charlie is explaining to Micah what's going on, what happened with his dad, and they're sitting under a tree. And I don't know what type of tree it is, but it's one of those, you know, those southern trees with the thick roots and the uh, hanging. uh, I don't remember what kind of tree it is, but it's just so beautifully shot the way it's framed and the, the conversation. I'm like, wow, it feels like you're watching a film. It's it's so good. Wow. Well, definitely. You have encouraged me and I think everyone everyone else is going to hear this to check it out. And I know it's available for streaming on many platforms, including Hulu. So definitely uh, check it out. I saw the pilot. I thought it was incredible. My TV plate has been very, very full. I'm going to try to uh, to check out and watch the rest of the season of Queen Sugar over the holiday weekend. Absolutely. All if right, you're so- traveling anywhere... 
check it out. Oh, definitely. Everybody check it out. All right. So now it's time for our feature review of the week. This week, we are reviewing the Gilmore Girls uh, 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 miniseries on, uh, on Netflix called A Year in the Life. So I have never watched Gilmore Girls before. Tachi, you're you were a fan, right? Yeah, or at you least know what? Seen it before. Yeah, I I watched Gilmore Girls. I thought I thought it was I thought it was interesting and funny and yeah. So I used to watch Gilmore Girls. Yes. All right. So I'm going to tell everybody a little bit about it. Okay. So Gilmore Girls um uh is set uh the 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 actual miniseries uh Year in the Life. It's four parts and it's actually set. Uh, a decade after the final of the original series and the series actually ran from 2000 to 2007 so it had a really good run it Uh, had a good run yeah a year in the life it follows lorelei played by lauren graham more recently from nbc's parenthood uh her adult daughter rory played by alexis i think her name is blendell i'm not sure i'm probably butchering her name through four seasons of change and uh, Gilmore Girl, tr- Gilmore Girl's trademark rapid, uh, rapid fire <laughs> mother daughter uh, slash best friend uh, dialogue. So part one takes place in winter. So that's the one that Tachi and I checked out. Um, yes. Because it's each, which is I have to admit, it's a very clever construct to do. Each episode is an hour and a half. And it's like winter, spring, summer, and fall. So it's very clever. So we checked out the winter episode. And so part one, um, we get the, uh, we get to see, uh, the small town that's as delightful and quirky as it, it's Christmas card picturesque. It's, it's frightening how beautiful that town is. And Rory is back in town for a visit. And, and as she and her mother catch up, we get a chance to see uh, the town square and we get a glimpse of the kind of eclectic residents uh, that live in the town, like Kirk, who's out walking his new pet pig named Petal. Yes, this is the kind of town where people walk their pet pigs on leashes on winter afternoon. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And, you know, at first I thought it was a dog. Then I saw it was a pig. Yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, pedal. That's 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 uh that just speaks to the kind of wackiness of their of their town. So Rory's uh uh Rory's only going to be in tw- uh town for twenty four hours because she's uh now a successful writer who has to get back to London uh to work on an interview for uh Condé Nast, the public uh the public uh, publishers. We soon learn that Lorelai is still running the Dragonfly Inn and Luke is still working at his diner and lying to the customers about uh, the Wi-Fi password. Even though on the surface it looks like nothing in their world has changed, there has been a major loss that the Gilmore family still dealing with. So that's just kind of an overview of uh, the winter episode the producers and the writers of the show basically just assume that everybody who is watching this uh, miniseries um, was watching the original show because they really just kind of go right back into it and don't give kind of any backstory or anything. So for someone like myself who's uninitiated, you just got to have to figure out what's going on on your own. Yeah, that was kind of my lament about this. The fact that, yeah, even though I used to watch Gilmore Girls... 
it's been almost 10 years <laughs> since it's been off the air. So I don't remember every single fine point and detail of the Gilmore Girls because it's, again, I, I watched it, but it's not like I watched it solidly all seven seasons for all or all seven years. So I'm like, okay, who is this again? Okay, I think I remember that. I think I remember that. So I can imagine for me, someone who actually watched some episodes, if I was needing to go back into my repository and remember, I can imagine for you and other people who have never even seen an episode that it would be difficult to get into. So uh, what I, it feels like they should have had a little more, I don't need them to go into a huge backstory because I don't like that either, but some way to ease viewers smoothly into it. So you don't feel like you needed to have watched the la- the old Gilmore Girls. Oh, definitely. I feel like for people who are fans, even you would might, you maybe want to go and check out a few episodes before you watch the miniseries. I think that was a shortcoming, but I, but let's face it, this was definitely written for hardcore fans. And I will say, Netflix is giving Gilmore fans what they came for: more pop references, more more pop culture filled yes. references. Uh, if, if they didn't uh, beat that Uber, <laughs> oh my God, the Uber thing, they beat it to death before uh, yes. yeah so for those of you who haven't watched it yet there is a character the one um oh i just said his name and forgot it that quickly the one who has the pet pig the pig he, um, um was mentioning that he has a new ride sharing of uh endeavor called uber spelled with several o's and yes. um it's not he can't be sued he thinks by the uber corporation because a he doesn't have an app what you have to do is you call his mother, his mother calls you, uh, calls him, and tells him where to pick you up. And, and this is the thing. He finds a car. He doesn't have a car, right? He says, and then I find a car, and then I come and pick you up. Yeah, so, but but apparently uh, Uber still was not cool with that. So, <laughs> shockingly enough, they weren't cool with it. What? But the show is giving you wow. more pop culture references than you can shake a bat named Lucille at. Pop culture reference. So, <laughs> a bat named Lucille. Wow. <laughs> well, that's what the show kind of does. They're, that, that's what they do. They throw everything at you and it is rapid fire and you've got a pretty, you got to hold on. And I'm a fast talker from way back, but they fired this dialogue off like nobody's business. My favorite pop culture reference in the episode was uh uh was the uh about lifetime uh movies when Lorelai says to Luke, uh you'll let me watch the whole the uh, the whole movie all the way through. Uh you won't make me uh turn uh, you won't make me turn it off right when the uh suspicious sister co-worker or gay best friend uh goes to investigate uh the cabin by the lake where they find uh where they find the all the proof they need to expose the killer and then get hit in the head with a hammer <laughs> just like <laughs> it's like they totally described every lifetime movie that there ever was like 30 seconds and um the whoever wrote that dialogue either is a huge lover of Lifetime movies or a huge hater of Lifetime movies. Of Lifetime I can, movies. <laughs> I can't tell which. Oh, and side note, okay, best best title of a crappy Lifetime movie, hands down, has to be Mother 
may I sleep with danger. Yes. So <laughs> clearly whoever wrote this, they are familiar with the material. Exactly. Hello. It's, but you know what? It, I, I could see this actually on lifetime, which is what makes it so hilarious that this actually could work on. Oh, no, lifetime. That's, no, that, that, okay. We're going to talk about, got to talk, talk, talk about lifetime movies for just a second. That is one of the rules. It's always, there's always, every every woman who's ever gotten involved with a man, according to Lifetime movies, you're going to be involved with a killer. Either he's a killer or his ex-wife's a killer or his teenage sexy daughter is a killer or uh, his teenage sexy son is a killer. Somebody is a killer. And there's always, she's right, there's always a, a suspicious either sister, cousin, best friend, gay best friend, who basically yes. is like, I'm suspicious. And like, and the person <laughs> who's dating them is always like, you're crazy. Jeff would never hurt a fly. Then, no, exactly. And then exactly. they go to investigate, your best friend goes to investigate, and they are promptly murdered once they find the proof that Jeff is the crazy killer. They get murdered, and I'm like, whatever happened, to, where's Tachi? And it's like, <laughs> why me <laughs> why me well because you were the one that was smart enough to, to look into chef's past and that's why that's why you would be the first one no but it. but i'm also smart that i wouldn't say anything i would just swiftly call nine one one and let them handle it i'm not gonna go and that's for those lifetime movie uh, characters to do that. Just like how in these horror movies, they're always looking in the basement by themselves. That would never be me. Well, one thing I've, I've, I've said to a friend that always bugs me about like um, soap opera things is like, why do people have to have like arguments um, on balconies or on stairway landings? It's like, if you and I have to discuss something that's heated and you're like, Kevin, I'm going to, I'm, I'm here to confront you and let's discuss this on this very low balcony. I'm like, you know what, Tachi, let's go sit down far away from this balcony and discuss exactly. your issues with me. I'm not going to have far a fight away with from you. the kitchen with knives far away from balconies. No balconies, first. no stair, stair, stair railings. We're not going to be, we're not going to be like looking um at, um, we're not going to be at the Grand Canyon standing next to the canyon and start having a nope. heated discussion. No. <laughs> but for some it's reason, dead. in movies and TV shows, people love to confront people on stairways and on balconies and next to cliffs. Well, you know, that's just a setup for what's to come next. <laughs> Well, one of the things, uh, as far as the other kind of people that were on the, because uh, we've just wandered all the way, way, far away from Gilmore Girls, but one we of have. the other um, <laughs> characters are people I was surprised to see on Gilmore Girls. Um, I had no idea that uh, Liza, I think her last name is pronounced a, a well or wheel. Um, uh, she, I, before, I had no idea that she lived in a Hallmark Channel small town before she and Viola Davis were trying to figure out how to get rid of a dead body. So I you know, know her from, uh, from, uh, from how, how to, to get away with murder. Yeah, exactly. So I was stunned yes. to see her as some quirky character who's working at a fertility clinic who clearly has some huge backstory on the show, um, Gilmore Girls. So that was me a huge too. But I didn't even remember that. That goes to show you. I was shocked. I didn't even remember that she was on Gilmore Girls when I was like, oh, like, oh yeah, I forgot about her. And I was trying to remember where do I know this character from. 
how to get away with murder. Yeah, I think her character's yes. name on, on Gilmore Girls is Paris. So I, Paris, yes. Yeah, so that was a complete shock. And so for other people who are hardcore fans wondering about other alumni, even though you don't see uh, original series alum um, Melissa McCarthy uh, in the winter episode, something tells me that she'll be back uh, with the, uh, the girls before uh, the year is through. And that something is IMDb. I had to skip ahead and look and so she will be in it. <laughs> She's going to be on there. You know what? You cheated. <laughs> I, had to, I had to know because I know Melissa McCarthy. I think that was one of her first big gigs was. Yeah, that was her first big gig. Yeah. So I had to check it out. And so she will be a part of it, even though I haven't seen her yet. She will. Don't worry. We have three more episodes yeah, to check so, out. Um, in 2006, the Gilmore Girls creator, uh, Amy Sherman, um, uh, did an interview with TV Guide where she said she already knew the last four words of the show. But that was right after she left the, sh- uh, the show. She only did the first six seasons. So the seventh season, she did not, uh, she wasn't executive producing, writing nothing. And that's the, the year the show ended. So fans were thinking they were never going to hear those four words that she mentioned which you know the yeah. the ending she had envisioned for the show since the show ended when she wasn't you know uh working on it anymore but uh fear not fans who haven't uh checked out the show yet she does give you those last four words they're the last four words of the mini series so you do get yes. a chance to find that out indeed indeed all right tachi so i need to know we all need to know what is your verdict on this show? Are you going to keep watching or are you going to turn the channel? Change the channel. Turn, change, you know. I think, <laughs> well, our show is called I, TV Channeling, so you're going to change the channel. Also change the channel, right. So, you know what? I think I'm going to keep watching. I'm going to stay tuned. I'm going to stay tuned because I'm interested to see how it all ends up and and at the end of the day it's a lot of investment though because each episode is an hour and a half so that's a that's a big investment it's like watching almost a film yeah you are that, that is a film in fact i'm gonna like um give a little uh behind the scenes of how tachi and i do this normally when we when we uh do a review of a show we watched uh the first two episodes to kind of get a feel for it before we tell you guys what we think and um, we agreed to watch two episodes and I had not, uh, my own fault. I had not checked out. I assumed it was going to be hour long episodes like it was in the original show and then discovered, uh, that it was in fact, uh, 90 minutes per episode and only four episodes as opposed to like, you know, 10 episodes or something. So, um, we just watched the first, that's why we only watched one episode. Like we, an hour and a half, it gives you a pretty good idea where you stand. It's an hour and a half commercial free. I, the say I felt the same way. <laughs> where I did not know that it was going to be an hour and a half. So I was like, you know, I probably will just be watching one, but it feels like more than this could pop- probably could have been chopped up into two episodes. Oh, definitely. So. Because remember when they add commercials to any hour long drama, that's it's a good 15 minutes of commercials, if not commercials. a little bit more, like more like 18 minutes of commercials. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So you're going to yeah. be staying tuned. You're going to actually. Well, I'm staying tuned. I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep going. All right. You know what? For me, I'm. I feel. I feel kind of guilty. I think this is my first time saying this on the show, but I'm going to be changing the channel. Um. Again, the show was definitely uh made for fans of the show. They really don't try and offer any assistance <laughs> to those of us who just wandered into the Netflix uh miniseries. 
they give you no kind of way to kind of get ease you into the the fabric of the show and what all the relationships are and, and how it all works. I am curious about Melissa McCarthy. If anything, I'm going to go back to IMDb and figure out exactly what episode she's in. I might watch that one just to see her on the show. But um, I can't see myself going through, you know, uh, spring, summer and fall. Here's the thing. L- let me let me kind of amend my my. I am going to stay tuned. However, if it comes to the point where I just can't take it anymore because <laughs> it's too much and too long, I will be changing the channel. So we don't really have a rating for that, but I'm going to stay tuned initially. But if it gets on my nerves, I'm changing You're it. You're tentatively staying tuned. <laughs> I'm ten- that's it. Tentatively staying tuned. <laughs> because remember, I used to watch it, but it's not like I was a diehard fan. I watched it. So if it, just say the word or put too much boring, too much talking on it. And I'll change it. Not a problem. <laughs> okay. Well, you are on notice, Gilmore Girls. Tachi's she's <laughs> hanging by a thread. You better keep her entertained. That's the only reason to watch TV, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, I guess this is Fantastic. the end of our show. This is the end of this episode. Yeah. This brings us to the end of this episode. Kevin, you have been awesome. This is the end of episode five. Can you believe it? I can't believe you've done five of these. And what's even cooler than the fact that we've done five, Tachi, is our sixth episode is going to yeah, be our tell very them about the first, sixth. our Christmas, our holiday episode. I can't believe it. So for, I know. So those of you out there wondering about what, what are we going to do for Christmas, we're going to be counting down each of our top five favorite things to watch at Christmas time. There'll be movies, there'll be TV show episodes, just what we want to watch at Christmas. So please check us out next week and listen to that and feel free to uh, uh, message us on any of the different platforms we're on. We are TV channeling on Snapchat, on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, and we are now TV channeling, period, just TV channeling on Twitter. Yes, so, TV channeling. Don't put the period no, no, in there because... No, okay, just TV channeling. And, you know, since in, in leading up to this, we could do it before and after. Please contact us, hit us up on Twitter or on Facebook anyway, and let us know what your top five viewing pleasures are during the holidays they can be films they can be television shows since we're doing it we want to invite you to do it as well let us know because we'd love to be able to talk about that all right so okay here's the hashtag top five yes. xmas tv top five xmas tv well let's not say that because there are other holiday things too well okay, so can we now tachi you always are yes. complaining about the fact that my hashtags are too long so if we're going to call it uh top five holiday tv isn't that longer than it, xmas yes but uh does uh the adam sandler cartoon fit under that okay, okay, all right no. all right all right we're <laughs> no. still gonna have to be longer then fine all right everybody yes. see yes. we're working it out together we're working it out together <laughs> all right so it's top five holiday tv hashtag uh hashtag t-o-p the number five holiday tv that's not too long that's fine all right (laughs) (laughs) all right we're working we're working it out right in front of you you guys are a part of this show yes and you'll always be a part of the show 
All right, so we'll be back next week with our holiday episode, and hopefully we will be uh, able to report some of your suggestions that we uh, that we checked out on Twitter. Absolutely. As we said, you can contact us anytime on social media at, ch- at TV Channeling. On all platforms, we are TV Channeling. So go ahead and drop us notes, drop us accolades, drop us uh, questions, whatever you have. <laughs> yeah, we, like, we like accolades. Please, please. We do. We do. Absolutely. We, we love it. And we're so happy. We, we exist because of you so thank you so much for listening with that i'm going to bid you all adieu or both of us are going to bid you adieu so i'm going to say goodbye from tachi and goodbye from kevin and remember if you're watching it we're talking about it cheers bye